The rest of you can turn your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. And we're moving toward the end of Ephesians here as we've been looking at how we as a church, what's the vision for our church out of Ephesians? It's, it's, it's the idea that we live together in unity in Christ of every tribe and tongue and nation, becoming a dwelling place for God by, in the Spirit, that we would live in love together, walking in love, speaking the truth in love to one another, and in that way, building up the body in such a way that we are uh, glorifying Christ and lifting up the resurrection and the death that we just sang about this morning, that he died for our sins and rose again. And that is the hope that we have. It is the life that we live now. And it is the blessing that we have received to, me, to know that we've been chosen in Christ from the foundation of the world, to know that we have been redeemed, that all the mistakes and, and, and even the evils that we commit are, are redeemed in Christ, and to know that we have been adopted into the family of God. And so Paul here, as he... Uh, uh, is wrapping up, he says, finally, he says, in conclusion, so to speak. And, and so he's not introducing something new, but he's pointing it back and helping us to see how to live as a result of what he's been saying. He's saying, in a sense, as a church, how can we live? How should we live in light of the truths that we know and believe in? And he says here that, that he wants us to be involved in, in living this out together, but there's also individual responsibility as well involved. You see, as a church, we, we do have this vision of living life together, but living life together in Christ and knowing that we, to, and individually as we come together, as we love one another, as we be a light in our community, that we would be a, light, a certain kind of light, a certain kind of living. And so Paul here says, Finally, or in conclusion, be strong in the Lord. Now, this idea of being strong is an interesting idea. You know, we talk about uh, strength, and it can mean different things, right? So, um, I was I was gonna I was talking about bringing weights with my family up here. And, and uh, you know, uh, we've got like these 50-pound, you know, weights that you can curl right on each side. And, and Tad's like, just tell a story about me lifting those weights. And so, yeah, Tad can lift those weights, just so you know. You know, if you're ever wondering, you know, Tad can lift them. So, uh, I just had to use that, Tad, sorry. <laughs> Pick on Tad. But, but the word here for, for finally be strong in the Lord is the idea that uh, uh, you remember when you couldn't open one of these? You know, uh, when you were a kid, I mean, some of the kids here are like, well, I still can't open one of these, you know? Yeah, that's my parents, right? The, the idea that you can grip and turn and open it, and then, of course, take a drink. Of course, I've been looking forward to this. It's good, but, but if, you, if you can't do it, you can't do it, right? There's just, there's no way you don't have the strength to be able to open that, you have to ask someone else to do it. Like, if, if I was going to say, like, I have the strength to lift this piano, you would say, no, you're not, no, you don't, not by yourself, you know. I'm not going to even try, because they'd kill me for messing up the piano. Um, right, but, but the idea of strength, and, and what is involved in strength, because when he says here, be strong in the Lord, he's not saying, okay, you've got to be able to lift 100 pounds in the Lord, you know. That's, that's not how he said, it's not what he's talking about. 
What he's talking about is capability. That is, you understand that you have certain capabilities. And he's saying, you have this capability in the Lord and in the strength of his might. That you understand that you are capable to, to do what God wants you to do. To, in, in different situations, to be able to handle the, the difficulties of life. And so, um, the big idea, before, so this idea of be strong in the Lord is then echoed throughout if you notice, it says, be strong in the Lord and the strength of my, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able, there's that ad- 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 word of ability or capability again, that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Verse 13, therefore take up the whole armor of God that you may be able, be able to withstand in the evil day. Again, a word of capability, like I, can't, I know I can do it. And here's some things that you'll be able to do. In all circumstances, verse 15, take up the shield of faith, which, which you can extinguish, extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one. You have the capability. You will be able to, to, to handle those flaming darts. And even down here at the end, that words may be given to me in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am bastard and changed, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So here again, he's saying... Pray for me that I'm capable of doing this, that, I, that, I've been, that I'll be given this capability. And so when he talks about this, this, this capability, when he's, he's saying at this end here, really he's saying in conclusion, I want you to believe that you're capable of doing what God wants you to do, how God wants you to live. I want you to believe that you are capable of being a dwelling place of God in the Spirit that God delights to dwell amongst you, that you can, as you walk in love and walk in light and walk in wisdom, that you are capable of doing this, that you, you, can, you can handle it. Not that you're perfect at it, but again, that you're capable of doing so. And so the big idea this morning is that God wants you to be able to speak the truth in love and not give in to the schemes of the devil. And so uses the analogy, so put on your armor. This is a fight. You've got to realize that this is not just all good information, good intellectual information, like, yeah, okay, I know that God loves me, that he's redeemed me, he's chosen me, that, I, that the Holy Spirit has sealed me so that I'm, I know I'm, I'm, I'm Christ. Um, I know that I'm supposed to walk in love and walk in light and walk in wisdom. Okay, I, this is, I'll, I'll try to work it intellectually, understanding what that means. Paul here is bringing it back full circle and saying, no, you've got to understand you are in a fight. And that if you don't understand that you're in that fight and understand that you have the capabilities to, to win in that fight, then you will not succeed. And God wants you to succeed. He's given you what you need to succeed. And Paul here is, in, in conclusion here, is encouraging us to realize that we can succeed in this fight. And so... I want to look this morning at Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20, and just help us to realize that for Christians, those of us who have trusted in Christ, that we know, uh, uh, we know that Christ died for us personally and rose again, that he was that substitute sacrifice to take away our sins, to give us the hope of resurrection, to give us new life in Christ, eternal life in Christ, that we know where we're headed for eternity because of what Christ did on our behalf, that we can in a sense, win this fight, that we are capable of being strong in the Lord. 
And so I want to look, first of all, at the challenge of being capable, the challenge of being capable. Again, just I'm going to read the text here, and then we'll kind of dive into it together. It says, finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to st stand against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand in the evil day and having done all to stand firm. Stand, therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. To this end, keep alert with all perseverance, making supplication for all the saints and also for me that words may be given to me in, a, in opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel for which I am an ambassador in chains that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. The challenge of being cap capable here is that you're going up against the devil, right? Notice here at the beginning, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Now what's interesting here is again, the word here for being strong is not uh, uh, the amount of strength, it's the capability of strength. And the, the strength, the word, and in the strength of his might is that the word strength and that there has the idea of ruling dominion. And in context, it makes sense that he uses this word. Why? Because he's going up against the, you're saying, you're going up against the devil. <laughs> you're, in a, you're in a battle with him. We don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against rulers, against principalities, against powers, right? And so if you're in this kind of conflict, then you need to understand that the strength that you have, the capability you have, the might that you have is his, and it's a, a ruling dominion. He has conquered death. He has conquered Satan, and this same strength is now yours and is operating in you. And you have, the, you have this capability that you can grow into, in a sense. Again, notice uh, th this re repetition here that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand firm, stand therefore. He's saying you're in a battle here, and he, he emphasizes it by dropping in, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the opposite powers over this present darkness. We, we have this challenge for being capable, because we're, it's not just an intellectual exercise. It's not just a, a lifestyle that we need to do. We have an enemy that we're against. And in the context of Ephesians, you right, remember, Ephesus was a town that was all about the Diana, right? The worship of Diana. So it was, a, it was, it was focused on pagan worship. And by pagan, I just mean that, that there is a certain system to this worship that's involved when you're involved in this type of worship, you believe that there's a, a God or a spirit out there that's, that's powerful, but that you have no connection to. You have no, they don't love you. They're just involved in whatever they're doing. And to, to win their power on your side, 
what you would need to do would be whatever the priest or the religion tells you you need to do. You might need to show up to the temple. You might need to make sacrifices. You might need to do some kind of quest or some, something else that would, that, that would gain the, in a sense, manipulate the power of the, that God to, to be on your side, to be, to be focused on your behalf. And, and so you would do a lot of different things and, and always wonder, well, is it enough, right? Well, is it enough? I've done this, I've done that. And Paul here is saying, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We're not just worried about the temple and the priests and what they have to say and what they are arguing you need to do. You're, you're actually we're up against the devil who's much more subtle and much more powerful than simply flesh and blood. My wife showed me a story this week about um, a, a man, his name is Justin Whitmore Early. And uh, he graduated from college, got married, and in the early days of his marriage, he and his wife went over to China to be missionaries in China and, and be involved there. I don't know what they were doing exactly, but they were sh- sh- trying to share the gospel and do that. And as he's in China, he sees various injustices happening, injustices that kind of happen all over the world in a sense, but were happening in front of him. And, and he decided, you know what, the best way I can do some good in this world would be for me to, to get involved in law and, and to, to help to, to punish people that uh, do injustices like this. And so he, he, left, he left and went uh, back to the United States, uh, got into Georgetown and, and uh, graduated top of his class in Georgetown and then became a lawyer and was getting into a, a law firm. And, and he says through this process of, of doing all of this, he you know, it's, it's difficult, right? As the college students know, first couple weeks in, you're starting to feel that, that first level of tiredness hit you. And just, just so you know, it's going to get worse. And, uh, and uh, that first level of feeling overwhelmed and, okay, how am I going to do all this? And, and he, was, he was doing everything he could. I mean, if he's graduating top of his class, he's working extremely hard. And, and uh, he, he said in, in, in telling the story, he's like, you know what, at a certain point, I got, like, the final test of, you know, some class, he, he got there, and they're, and they're talking before the test starts, and he's like, man, I, could, I, I couldn't sleep very well, and he said, everybody looked at him like, what, you aren't taking sleeping pills? You know, like, don't you realize that you can, you can take a sleeping pill to just make sure you sleep for a certain period of time so you don't, you know, run yourself too ragged, and, uh, and so he went to the doctor, and he got a prescription for stri- sleeping pills as he as he's, you know, moving into his job, and he's like, okay, and he just keeps running harder and harder, and of course, sleeping pills have negative side effects, and so those negative side effects hit him, and so he's like, how do I get rid of these negative side effects, and he started to supplement sleeping pills with alcohol, and, and he, he, he starts just, again, he's getting into his law firm, and, and working for them, and again, working really hard, doing all of these things, And so at one point, he stops, and he's like, wait a second. A couple of years ago, I was a missionary in China, (laughs) sharing the gospel. And now, I'm over here, working for a law firm in in D.C., making money, but 
all I'm doing is popping sleeping pills and drinking alcohol in order to get rest, in order to keep running as, as hard as I can. And for what? And you realize, you know, I've got all these Christian signs in my house and Christian symbols in my house. But at some point along the way, I noticed I stopped acting like a Christian. <laughs> I stopped living like a Christian. I stopped understanding why I was here and what I was doing. And I, was, I was simply started living for myself. And, and, and yes, I had a good goal. I wanted to fight injustice. And I wanted to see bad things stopped. And I wanted to, to encourage justice to happen. But I got turned aside at some point along the way. And instead of me converting others to Christianity, I've been converted to the religion of work as hard as possible. <laughs> Get whatever you can out of life. The religion of anxiety and fear and beat my body in submission for the point of what? And the point is, is that he's no different than most of us. We can, we can know the right things intellectually, but we're not up against just an intellectual foe. We're up against the devil with all of his forces. And it's, it can be so easy to move from, I want to do the right thing, I'm going the right direction, to I'm, I'm, I'm going the right directions, but I'm doing it for all the wrong reasons. <laughs> the ends do not justify the means. And we get involved in things for good purposes, but then the things that we're doing, all the, the background noise and the, and the ways we, in a sense, discipline ourselves can be for, not for God's purposes and for his glory, we get trapped in the wrong rituals, so to speak. And Paul here is, is, has repeatedly hinted at this and pointed to this throughout his book. You remember in Ephesians chapter 2, he says, you know, we were, we were the sons of disobedience, you know, taken captive by the prince of the power of the air. <laughs> He's like, this is the power that's working amongst us. And he says, the church, in Ephesians chapter 3, he says, verse 8, he says, to me, though I am the very least of all the saints, this grace was given to preach to the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to bring to light for everyone what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things so that through the church the manifold wisdom of God might now be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. It's like the church is supposed to be an example, a, a witness to the devil that the way the devil works and the schemes of the devil are not sufficient, <laughs> nor are they life-giving. But that is what we are up against when we say, I'm going to do good, I'm going to raise a good family, I'm going to, I'm going to do good with my life, and yet we can find ourselves discipled into and, and following paths that, that don't really help us get there. And sometimes it means we get bitter and we throw our backs to God and say, God, I, I don't want to have anything to do with you because I, I was trying to do the right thing and you didn't help me out. I was trying to build a church, but you didn't help me. I was trying to fight injustice, but you didn't help me. I was trying to do this or that, all good things. But the devil is out to deceive us, right? 
we know the schemes of the devil. He has, in some ways, three basic ones. He says, has God said? <laughs> Did God really say? He makes us question God's word and causes us to move to other voices. And we live in a world with multitude of voices, right? We talk about disinformation as if it's commonplace, because it is. But there's so much out there on both sides. And this is where the truth lies. And we need to listen here. Another scheme that he has is, will God love? <laughs> will God love me? Does God care? And he wants to say, well, he may, he may not, so why don't you go, just go make your own life, do your own thing, find your own goals, pursue other loves rather than a love of God. When the greatest command is love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the devil is saying, eh, it's okay. <laughs> but, you know, you, you only live once, right? So why don't you find things you really, you really enjoy? third way, in a sense, the scheme the devil has is to say, you don't matter, you're not enough. And you see this in a multitude of ways. We work so hard because if we don't work hard enough for our families, then we're not enough. We work, we would try to work smarter in it. We, we never can get smart enough. We, we try to get more money, and yet it never seems to be enough. We never have enough time to do all the things that we think we should do. We never have enough. And, and the devil, right, bought into this lie himself because he thought, God's not enough, I need to be God. And he made himself bigger. And that's what we try to do so often when we know we're not enough. We try to be bigger than we are. We try to say, this, look how big I am. I can, I can handle this. I'm good. I'm great. I, I'm, I'm strong enough. I'm capable enough. And Paul here is saying, no, be strong in the Lord. You are capable enough in him. Live in him. Walk in him. Be strong in him. The world, one of the biggest things the world wants to do is say, you need to be productive enough. And so get busy. And we live in a farming culture And even if you, you're not a farmer, you, it seems like we all buy into this basic thing that we're busy, you know. You know, got to get stuff done, got to keep moving. Because we never know what enough is, right? Like for a farmer, how much fertilizer is enough, or how, how, how much preparation for harvest is enough, or how much... Uh, uh, you know, planning ahead of time is enough. And you're always asking the question, what's enough? And since we don't know, we just try more stuff, right? I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that, I'm going to try things over here. And there's some wisdom in that, you know, Ecclesiastes says, cast your bread off on the waters, like, like try various things. But there's a point in which you go beyond trying various things and you depend on your busyness to overcome your not enoughness and God never made you 
to be enough. He is enough. Your not-enoughness is supposed to drive you back to Him. It's supposed to help you to see that you need Him, that you need His strength, His capability, His royal dominion, that, that He was not fooled by the devil, that, that, that Christ was at the temptation when the, the devil's trying to fool Him, He's not fooled. He doesn't fall into those schemes. And we have that kind of power, that kind of wisdom on, at our behalf, working on our side and helping us to be capable as well. And before we get into how to tap into that, because really this is a two-part message, just to be up front, well, halfway in, be up front. You're going to have to come back next week because I can't cover all of this passage in in one week. Um, but I want to touch on the, the, how this works and the, the purpose of being capable. So let's, so he, we have a challenge in being capable and that we're going up against the devil, but what's, why, why should we be capable? Why should we be strong here? What, what, what's the end goal that God wants us to have? And you see this in the text at the end here, because he says, be strong in the Lord, and this is kind of a at the end here, what's the goal? And he says that words may be given to me and opening my mouth boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. He's saying, I, I want to be capable enough to speak boldly, to be able to stand in the evil day, to, to be able to speak with confidence. That idea of standing, which is echoed at the beginning, and, and here it, at the that, the idea is to be able to say, I'm confident. I'm not running away. I'm not feeling I'm like I'm not enough. I'm just going to stand in what, in what God has given me to do, live, understanding I'm not, I'm limited. I can't do everything, but I can do what God wants me to do, and I'm going to do that. That, that. that sense of boldness or confidence. It's, remember here, he's, he's told us way back in Ephesians 4 what we need to do as, as a body. He says we need to speak the truth in love, right, to one another to build up the body. This, this phrase here at the end is no more than him saying, I want to have that same capability. <laughs> I, I want to I be able to speak the truth in love when I need to speak it. I, I want to live the truth in love. I want to speak that truth in love. And it, it's no different for me than it is for you that we're both in this process that of, of you want to be capable in the Lord. Well, the purpose of that is that so that you can speak the truth in love. You can live the truth in love. And that that is what God has called all of us to do is to live this out. To be able to do this with confidence. Now, this word boldly here is interesting. It's, it's the word that's used early on in, in Greek culture for the, the concept of, that we use today of freedom of speech, right? Right, in our country, we have freedom of speech, right? Like, like if somebody says, you can't say that, you're like, well, why not? I've got freedom of speech, right? <laughs> because as Americans, we do. We have freedom of speech. We can say what we want to say. Now, there's limits. There's some limits to that. But for the most part, right, we have this freedom to say, I can say what I want to say. And it's that kind of concept here that he's saying is boldness. It's not, it's not the bull in the china shop, just say whatever you want to say and you can, you know, who cares? It's not that kind, although you can abuse it in that direction. But it's that, that, that confidence of I'm free. <laughs> I have this freedom to say what I want to say. 
It, and it's a, a confidence that says, I'm, but I'm not trying to make something bigger than it is. I'm not going to fall into the scheme of the devil that way. I'm just going to say, no, that there's truth out there that, that we can cling to, that we can live out. So it's, it's, a, it's a boldness that's saying, I'm going to be bold with the truth because I believe there is a truth that we can all cling to, that we can all live. That, that it, it's discoverable, that, that, we can, that we can figure it out. And I'm willing enough to stay curious enough about it and to, to, to be honest enough about it to say, no, I think there's truth. <laughs> and I want to live it. So it's that kind of confidence. And yes, it is a, a word that means that it's a confidence that knows that, yeah, when you say something, you might get some negative pushback, right? There may be some people who say, I don't necessarily agree with that. But it's a confidence of saying, but this is truth. And I've got, a, in a sense, a fallback position that I can fall on because I have certain truths that I know are true regardless of the circumstances. And so the purpose of being capable is that we can speak out knowing that God loves us, that we know God's plan, and that we know his plan is better. You, you realize, again, he's talking to the Ephesians and they were, had been in a sense, discipled in Diana of the Ephesians, and it was all about, well, you don't know what Diana wants if Diana really loves you, but if you go and have this silver idol over here, and you make sacrifices to it and pray to the silver idol, and make sure you spend more money at the temple, <laughs> then Diana will be happy with you. You know, have you ever heard that line before? <laughs> if you spend more money at the temple, <laughs> then God will be happy. And, and, and that's the idea here. You, you, they never knew when it was enough. They ne could never be confident that God was for them. And here Paul is saying, and he said it all the way through the book, God is for you. What he, he's prayed that multiple times. Do you, I want you to know the power that's behind you. I want you to know that, that God loves you. And so it's very similar to what happened with Martin Luther, right? When the Catholic Church got off and they were saying, hey, you, 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 need, you need these indulgences and you can pay your way to forgiveness with God. Again, not much different than Diana and the Ephesians. And Martin Luther is like, no, the, the word of God says, the just shall live by faith. And they're like, you need to stop that. You need to stop saying that. And what did he say at the Diet of, of Worms? He said, here I stand, I can do no other. That kind of confidence, that kind of, this is where I can stand because I know that God loves me. I know who God is. I know what God says, and I can stand here. That it's not based on my effort. It's not based on how, mu how much good I've done. It's not based on how much money I've given to the church. It's not based on any of those things. It's based on what Jesus Christ did for me and my acceptance of that gift. Because Romans 6.23 says, For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ. It's a gift. It's not something you earn. You can never do enough to earn this gift. But it's a free gift if you accept it. And this is what, what Martin Luther is saying. He's saying, here I stand. You say, well, I don't, I'm not going to be put in those kinds of circumstances. Thank God for that a lot of times, right? But at the same time, we, we have the opportunity to speak the truth in love. And he's already given us three areas where 
It's a challenge to speak the truth in love, but we need to do that. He's talked about marriage. He's talked about family. He's talked about work. And he says, here's three areas that everybody faces that you need to understand. The devil didn't want to submit, and you have a chance to submit and walk with God and, and know what God says and, and, and talk in a certain way. How do you talk about your marriage? Do you speak the truth and love about your marriage? I know sometimes we have the, you know, it's, it's socially acceptable anyway, right, to complain about your marriage, right? You're like, oh man, this or that or whatever. No. None of us are perfect. But you can speak the truth in love. You can build one another up. How do you talk about your family? Well, my parents, they're terrible. Really, is that, is that speaking the truth in love? Well, my kids, you, you haven't met my kids. <laughs> is that speaking the truth in love? How do you talk about work? Well, you know, my boss is an idiot. Those big corporations, they, you can never trust them. Again, the devil wants you to focus on all the wrong things. Speak the truth in love. Talk about the goodness of God in the land of the living. Talk about how submission to one another is important. Talk about how, how, how that we seek to do good to one another. And yes, if we, we find injustices, we address them. But speak the truth in love. Is, it's a simple thing. And you can be capable of doing it. He, Paul is saying you should be capable of doing it. Why? Because of what God has done for you. And that brings us back here we, to the text and the prayer for being capable. The prayer for being capable. Again, the text says, notice a couple of things here. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God, okay? So there's going to be two, two ways he says to put on. He says, put on the whole armor of God and take up the whole armor of God. And he repeats them in various ways. And maybe you can't see it, but just, you can look at your text. There's put on here, and then he says, put on here. Having fastened on, having put on, having put on. It's, and he uses the same verb here at least once. And then he says, take up the whole armor of God. And then later on he says, take up the shield of faith and take the helmet of salvation on the sword of the Spirit. So there's, there's two sides to this, and this is what we're going to get into more next week, really. But the, the idea that, that, that as you put on the armor, it's, it's both, it's, it's really the outline of Ephesians, right? In Ephesians 1 through 3, what does he say? This is who you are in Christ. He doesn't give any commands at all. He just says, this is who you are. This is who you are. This is who you are. You're chosen. You're redeemed. You're, you're loved. You, you have the, the riches and grace of God that has come to you. You have a purpose. He's planned from the beginning of the world that you would do good with your life. You're part of this body called the church. You, you're destined to be a dwelling place for God and the Spirit. This is who you are. And then, in Ephesians 4 through 6, what does he say? Well, make this grace real. Appropriate this grace. Speak the truth in love. Let this grace flow throughout you. Be this kind of community, right? Talk to one another with, 
speaking the truth to one another, be kind to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. You know, do these things together. Walk in love, walk in light, walk in wisdom. He's saying all of these things to say, in a sense, this is what you can do as believers, right? And so in a sense, he's saying, you need to put this on. You need to realize this is who you are. Put it on. You need to take it up. You need to walk in light. You need to walk in love. You need to walk in wisdom. And if you do these two things, you, you have the armor and it's operating on you, but he, he puts it in the caveat here of prayer, okay? So he's here at the end of the, he says, praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. And the way this is framed is prayer is not another aspect of the sword of the Spirit. Prayer is the way that you put the armor on, Okay? He's saying, how do, I, how do I fight this battle? How do I do this? He's saying, pray. <laughs> pray at all times. <laughs> With all kinds of prayer, in the Spirit, because the Spirit is the one who's helping you to realize this is who you are in Christ. <laughs> the Spirit is the one who's saying, this is the grace that you've received. Live it out. And so, we, it's, it's, we don't get away from God and say, well, now I'm, I'm strong, God. I can do this on my own. This is, this is that idea of, God, I can't do it on my own. But with you, with me, I can. Be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And so we put that armor on through prayer, praying for ourselves and others that we can have this, we can speak the truth in love with one another. We can be, have the confidence of doing that with one another. You know, this, you know, it's an amazing thing to think about, right? Because what he's saying here in some, in some senses is, okay, you've learned all this. The best thing that you can do with all this, of this information is pray. Pray. Pray that you'll really believe that you are a child of God. Pray that you really believe that you have this truth, that this, is, this story of God is real. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's lots of stories out there, right? There's a story that uh, this universe has existed for millions of years and we kind of uh, kind of evolved from one cellular organisms and we eventually became uh, monkeys and then humans and uh, maybe eventually the, the universe is going to end in a cold heat death and it's no longer going to matter anyway. So that's the story of your existence. It doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. Or there's a story of well, you've only got one life. It doesn't really matter where we came from. It doesn't matter, uh, uh, doesn't matter what's going to happen after. All we know is now, and so you just better live the best you can now and you know, enjoy life while you can. And uh, if you can't get enough money to enjoy it, well, tough for you. you know? And if you have bad relationships, well, tough for you. You better make sure you have good relationships and only have good people around you and, and make sure that you just enjoy life. That's the, the story. God's story is a real story. It acknowledges life is not going to go the way you always wanted it to go. It's not a fairy trail where, where, you know, we all lived happily ever after and that was the end of the story. But it's a story that's real, that the devil is out to take you from a good path where you're like, I want to do good in the world and take you where you're ended up and you're like, what am I doing with my life? And it's a, it's a real story in the sense that 
that you, you struggle with, man, what do I really want out of life? I thought I liked, I thought I liked, you know, I'll just be, I'm being facetious here, but I thought I liked, you know, uh, farming and, and big trucks and lots of toys, and now I found out, find out I like, you know, uh, sipping lattes and drinking coffee and, and uh, I don't know, playing on computers. I'm just saying that the, the things in life we like change over time, right? Probably not that drastically, but it can. And, and in the process, how do you know what's worth living for? How, how, how do you point your life, so to speak? And Paul here is saying, you have a story that's worth living. And it's worth asking the spirits to help you believe that this story is worth living. To appropriate the truth that you are chosen from the foundation of the world. That God wanted you on his team before you even knew you existed. The fact that you are adopted into his family, that regardless of the family of origin issues you have and the, and the things that you experienced. He said, be a part of my family. I want you. The fact that you, 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 your mind can think of all the ways you messed up and the older you get, the more you can find out all the ways you messed up. <laughs> and yet God says, I've got that. I'm redeeming that. It's mine. This is the story that you live if you're a Christian. He is redeeming your life. He is working to help you realize you are part of his family. He is at work using you to do good and to show his grace and mercy to others. And the problem is, is that we struggle to believe it. We, we struggle to stand here and say, this is where I'm at. <laughs> We're like, oh, I'm not sure. You know, man, I really messed up there this week. Uh, maybe I should just shut up and stay home and do nothing. Or, man, I messed up. Oh, I can do better. You know? <laughs> Look at me. <laughs> I'm so strong. I'm so brave. I'm so, I'm so capable. I can, I can do it on my own. Who needs God? I'll prove to him I'm okay. And then we fall flat on our face again. Paul is saying here, you have Christ. You have the Holy Spirit. <laughs> Be capable. <laughs> Trust in him. Walk in faith in him. Pray for yourself and for others. And so my question to you this morning is simply this. Do you know that you are capable of speaking the truth in love when you need to? Are you putting your armor on this week? Are you praying for your brothers and sisters that they will have their armor on this week? That, that we can live this story out together? That we can say, you know what, this is who I am in Christ. This is what God has given me to do. And I am going to love others and speak the truth in love because... We have something to do together. The devil is out there 
and he is destroying lives. But greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so you are capable of doing good, of speaking truth, of seeing change, of helping others to see the goodness of God in the land of the living. So don't be afraid. And don't stay silent. And how we do that, I've run out of time, I knew I would, waits for next week. So come back next week and we, talk, we can talk about that. But if you not, do not believe that you are capable, you will never try. And Paul is saying here, you are capable. Be strong in the Lord. Stand firm. Be bold wisely. But trust in your Heavenly Father. Will you do that? And will you pray for yourself and for others that you will? Heavenly Father, we thank you that we can pray to you, that you're a God who hears us because you love us, that we, we don't have to offer extra sacrifices or give money at church or, or pay for us for you to be able to hear us. But Christ paid the price. He gave his life so that we could stand before you and know that you hear us. And we come to you with our concerns and our worries and, and know that you care about those because you love us. And we come to you with our doubts and our fears and know that you will be with us because you have promised to do that in your word. And we often don't feel like enough and wonder if what we say is enough and what we do is enough. And you have said you are enough. And since you are with us, it is enough. So help us just to trust you and walk with you. And when we have opportunity to speak the truth in love to one another, because you are the one at work and your grace is enough. Help us to trust that. Help us to put our armor on. In your son's name, amen.